Good morning. This is Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Betty Johnson. Betty is the minister of Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ, and they meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 o'clock. They have worship at 10. Sunday nights, they come back together again at 6. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30, they have Bible class again. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Thank you for being with us this morning, buddy. Glad to be here. We're excited to get to know you a little bit better and Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ a little bit better. Sounds yeah. good. So I, I did a little research before you came in. I, I went to your church's website, actually, and it tells me that you have a wife, Angela, and three children, Luke, Abby, and Levi. That's right. Yeah. So what's it like on a, a Sunday morning getting ready for church at the Johnson house? It's like every other house. It's hectic. It's fast paced. <laughs> it's hurry up and get in the car. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. My wife teaches uh, school. Oh, okay. Uh, teaches kindergarten over at Capshaw Elementary. Very nice. And our three children. This is our year where we have three kids at three different schools. Isn't that challenging? It really That's is. That's a lot of car lines. So every day I'm picking up at Capshaw, Avery Trace, and the high school. Okay. Wow. And that high school line. Yeah. That's something else, isn't well, it? By the time I get there, there is no line. But okay. yes, Good for it you. can be long. Excellent. How long till you have a driver in the house? Next year. There you go. How do you feel about that? I, I'm feeling good about it. Ah, I'm teaching him. He's going to be ready. Good answer. <laughs> we need him to drive as soon as possible. So is that Luke or Levi? That's Luke. Luke. Okay. Does Luke have his permit yet? He does. And uh, he is 15 years old. He'll be 16 next year. And as soon as he turns 16, he'll be driving. Yeah. Excellent. You got a car for him? Not yet. Yeah. I'm a preacher, remember? Yeah, I do, buddy. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Wonder what kind of car Luke would like? One that goes fast yes. or one that's loud. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe both. Well, Luke, you're you're getting a Corolla, buddy. <laughs> So we're uh, we're glad to know about Luke, Abby, and Levi, and your sweet wife Angela. You have a, a bachelor's in Bible from Lipscomb, is that right? I do. And then you went on to get your master's in New Testament. I did. Yeah, New Testament. Which is your favorite? You got a favorite? Gospel of John. I really John. enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful book. What's your What's your uh, favorite in John? At the first. At do the it. first of the chapter, is that your favorite? For those who are listening, that is in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. And that word is Jesus. Yeah. The the prologue is beautiful. I like John 10 and verse 10. Okay. Tell us what that is. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I love that verse. That's awesome. God wants us to have a great life, not just one day in heaven, but here right now. Absolutely. What's life like at your house? Well, everybody would say busy, right? Yeah. And uh, it is busy. But fun, I'm sure. Sure, sure. What are some of your favorite family things to do? Well, last weekend we went to the lake. We went up to Dale Holla and uh, had a boat rental and uh, pulled the kids on the tube and caught some sunshine and had a great time. Those are good memories. You're memory making. Yeah. My wife and I both grew up on the water. Oh, you did? Yeah. Parents and grandparents took us to the lake, and so that's something we like to do. Are you a good skier? I am. I like to ski. Really? You can slalom ski yes, and stuff like sure that? Yes, sure can. Wow. 
That's almost a dying art. That's that's impressive, though, buddy. I got to tell you. Yeah, we have one of our members at church, Wayne Roberts, and years ago when I was the youth minister, we'd take all the teenagers to the lake, and so we'd have about 50 teenagers out there, and we'd put them on boats and jet skis, but yeah. he would always pull me uh, skiing just to show them it could be done because they're all afraid to try. He'd say, if the preacher can do it, you can do it. <laughs> he shamed those yeah. kids. Oh, he did. <laughs> but Wayne's a great guy. Wayne and Pam, I love them. You know, if you put me on anything other than, you know, an inner tube, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> so I'm so very impressed. You've earned my respect. Well, it's fun out there. My wife likes to just lay out in the sunshine. My high school son says, Dad, your job is to throw me off this tube. Drive it as hard and as fast as you can. Challenge accepted. That's right. How long can he hold on? It's like riding, you know, one of those bulls or something. How He's long pretty can good. He you got you to gotta really try to get him off of there. Excellent. But we do things like that. We go to Dollywood. We got season passes this year. Everybody's told us for years, for a decade, you got to get season passes. And so, you know, we enjoy going up there and riding the rides. And uh, it's just a good way to get away. Yeah, it's beautiful there, isn't it? We spend a lot of time uh, at the pool in the summer. And uh, we enjoy that. So anything to be outside. My kids are pretty active. And so... Luke plays lacrosse at Cookville High School. Excellent. They have a great lacrosse program. My daughter, Abby, is a cheerleader at Avery Trace. Okay. And my youngest, Levi, he's our golfer in the family. Oh, nice. He's a, got a beautiful swing. So they all have their busy. activities they like. Yeah. How do you juggle all that through the week? It's hectic. It's, it's hard to do, but uh, you just make it happen. Do you ever use your family in your sermons? All the time. Uh, do you ask their permission first or? Sometimes I do. You never want to embarrass them. <laughs> and so if it's a story I'm going to tell about Luke when he was younger, you know, he's in high school and yeah. he wants to be cool. So I'll say, yeah. is it okay with you if I tell this story? And I honor that. If he says, yeah, that's fine, Dad, then then sure, I share it. And if he says, I'd rather you didn't, I leave it out. Yeah. But um it it brings a bit of humanity to your sermon. Some people have a picture of a preacher, you know, it, it, it's it's the Lord and then it's the Apostle Paul and then it's the preacher and oh I can my. never be perfect like Ooh. them. We're not perfect. You're just trying to follow the Lord. And telling stories about your family really helps you identify and connect with people. Yeah. Does your family critique your sermon? Not usually. Oh, they're smart. They know the hour they after I brilliant. preach is the most vulnerable hour of the week. Oh. <laughs> Um, Smart. If I ask for their input, they'll tell they'll me. Tell you, excellent. But uh, that can be a humbling process. It is very humbling. Yeah. Yes, yes. We're here with Buddy Johnson from Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to the Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and we're here this morning with Betty Johnson, who is the minister at Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. Betty and I were talking, and Betty tells me that he's from all over. So tell us how a little boy from all over hears a call and answers a call and ends up in Cookville, Tennessee. All right. Well, I was born in Donaldson Hospital in Nashville, and my dad is a minister. He's the preacher at the Old Hickory Church of Christ. And uh, so I grew up in a minister's family, and that was a great experience for me. Some people resent growing up in ministry. I thought it was a blessing. 
And so I got to watch my parents uh, help people uh, through the church and through ministry and watch them grow in their faith, and that really inspired me to do the same. Now, having said that, there was a time when I didn't want to be in ministry. Uh, I remember being in high school, and you got to decide what you're going to do in college, and I went to Lipscomb University on an academic scholarship. I didn't go because I wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to do anything but preaching. I had a Jonah experience, and so people would say, academic advisor, what do you want to do with your life? I'm not sure, but I'm not going to be a preacher. But the Lord had other plans for me, and so I spent about two years running away from that calling and that pursuit, and then finally I realized, you know, the Lord has uniquely prepared me all of my life to hear great gospel preaching and to be affected by the lives of these good preachers, and I can help other people in this way. And so I said, all right, Lord, I now understand this is what you want me to do. And so I've earned those degrees from Lipscomb and from Fried Hardeman University, and I've been enjoying it ever since. You mentioned that your dad is also a preacher, and so how how was that experience growing up with a dad who's leading the church that you're attending? So he was both my preacher and my youth minister. Oh wow! And that was fun, you and know, when you're in high school. Um, you can't get away with very much, and uh, you're with him twenty four seven. But you know, the greatest thing about it is he was real and he was authentic. He didn't put on a show. He didn't wear a mask. He wasn't one person at home and another person at church. He was the same guy. And he modeled for me an incarnational life of following Jesus that, that certainly uh, wasn't perfect, but, but it was heartfelt and uh, reminds me of what the Bible says about David. He was a man after God's own heart. And so I saw that in my dad and appreciated it. You know, he would he would tell us Bible stories when we were growing up. Uh, everybody should have family devotionals, but I don't think many families do. He made those stories come alive, those Old Testament stories. You know, when we would read about the people marching around the walls of Jericho, he didn't just tell us about it. We got up and we marched around the house wow. to make that story come alive. When they had lit torches— you know, for Gideon, the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. He rolled up some newspaper and lit a torch for us right there in the house. I thought my mom was going to uh, have a heart attack. But, yeah, I bet so. But I'll never forget that, right? Yeah. And so he made those stories come alive. Uh, she sewed him a priestly garment one time when it. the Bible talks about what the priests wore and the, the tunics and the ephod and all that. And so he. Tell our listeners what an ephod is. Well, it was this breastplate. Uh, it was. Uh, something that the high priest would wear, and it had the stones of the 12 tribes of Israel. And, and it was a special uh, thing so that those tribes would always be near uh, the high priest's heart as he ministered before the Lord. And so inside of that, you had the uh, Urim and Thummim, and that was the decision. That's too technical, I know. But but it was it was part of that priestly garment, and it was for vacation Bible school one year. And uh, it was cool to see him dress up like those characters and making those stories very memorable in yeah. my life. Your dad was a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Do you have siblings? I do. My brother, Matt Johnson, is uh, 
a coffee roaster and a musician in cool. Columbia, Tennessee. Wow. If you ever go to Columbia, Mule Town Coffee, okay. right on the square, that's his go. business. And he's a great songwriter, too. And then my youngest brother, Will, just got out of the Army. He went to uh, the Army and uh, cybersecurity expert. Oh, wow. So he was at U.S. Cyber Command up there in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Yeah. And now he works for a company called Link Solutions. It's interesting to hear you talk about your dad and, and those stories. And I wonder if that was an important part when you were discerning your call. Um, thinking about those stories and how your dad sort of brought that to life. And, and is that something that pulled you into making the decision to say yes to this vocation as well? I think it certainly helped. You know, when you grow up watching your parents make a difference in the lives of others. And my mom did it just as good as my dad and sometimes better. Watching them love people and serve people and help people you begin to realize that's what life's all about. I did very well academically in school, had a full academic scholarship anywhere I wanted to go. I could have done a lot of different things with my life, and I really struggled with what should I do. But what came back to me over and over again is I wanted to do something that would matter for eternity. I wanted to do something that would make a difference, not just for the next 10 or 20 or 30 years, something that would have eternal ramifications. And that's what brought me to ministry, is I knew I would see the people that I helped one day in heaven. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah, you carry the story forward. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and we'll be back in a moment. We're back. You're listening to The Calling, and I'm Dana Hornby. This morning, we're here with Betty Johnson from Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ, and Betty would like to share a motivational moment. One of the best stories you read in all the Bible is called the parable of the Good Samaritan. You find that story in Luke chapter 10 and verses 25 through 37. An expert in the law came to test Jesus and he asked, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gave him the answer you've heard before. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But then the guy asked one more question, who's my neighbor? And so Jesus told him this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to an innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return... I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus asked this question, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. For the last four weeks at Jefferson Avenue, we've been talking about what it looks like to show mercy and to be people who practice this biblical quality of mercy. 
When God describes himself in the book of Exodus, he says he is a merciful and gracious God. And in Luke 6 and verse 36, the Bible says that we should be merciful just as our heavenly Father is merciful. So many times we think about mercy as not getting the punishment that we deserve. And that's right. That's a part of it. We, we commit a crime. We commit an offense. We have to pay for that. And if we do, that's justice. But if someone forgives us, if they pardon us, that's mercy. But there's more to it than that. In this story, there was someone in need. Two people passed by and didn't stop and meet the need, but one person did. That person, by the way, was a Samaritan. Now, typically when this story would be told, a priest would pass by, a Levite would pass by, and then a Pharisee would be the hero of the story. But not the way Jesus told it. Instead, he said, a Samaritan stopped. Now, that doesn't impact us the way it would them in that day. But in that day, there was no such thing in the eyes of the Jews as a good Samaritan. But Jesus told this story in such a way that it would prick their hearts and convince them that no matter what differences there are between you and that person in need, whether there is a social difference or an economic difference or a racial difference, a Christian is someone who stops and helps. And so when the expert in the law gives the answer, he can't even self bring himself to say that the Samaritan was the hero of the story. He simply says, the one who had mercy, the one who practiced mercy, the one who saw someone in need and stopped and helped. And so that's what we're called to do. Do we see a need in the community? Then we need to stop and help. Too many people pass by on the other side. Too many people see the need, feel the need, but don't go and meet that need. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to be like this Samaritan who takes time out of his busy schedule and stops and helps and says, I'll come back and check on you. There's an ongoing relationship here. It's not just a one-time act. It's not, I stopped and gave somebody $5. I'm going to pat myself on the back for the rest of the day. It's entering into the life of this person in their hour of need and walking with them and helping them find their place in society. I love that story. And I think that practice of mercy needs to be a part of our everyday lives. Thank you, Betty. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're here this morning with our guest, Betty Johnson, who is the minister at Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. Jefferson Avenue meets Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock for Bible. Uh, worship is at 10 o'clock. Sunday night, they come at 6 o'clock to meet again, and Wednesday nights at 6.30. And Betty... I think this is probably my favorite segment of the show because I, I get to ask you fun questions and, and you never know what the question will be. Um, you are going to be able to to pass on one of the questions or you could plead the fifth if you feel like you really just need to plead the fifth, but only one pass or one uh, pleading of the fifth. Got All it. right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. If you were arrested for a crime, what would Angela, Luke, Abby, and Levi say that crime had been? Probably speeding. <laughs> you got a heavy foot, do you? 
I like to go fast. Yeah? Where do you drive? I drive a Chevy Equinox from Carlin Motors here in town. There you go. Whit Carlin hooked me up. He's a great guy. If you need a ride, go see him. All right. What's your license plate number? have no idea. Oh, that's a good thing because the next thing I was going to do is invite the Cookville police. <laughs> no, my family jokes about it. When we go on vacation, we go to Florida. We're going down 111. Yeah. Spencer. Yeah. Oh, Fall Creek Falls. Listen, every time. It's a speed trap. You're going to get caught there. Absolutely. <laughs> Listeners, if you're driving that direction today, please slow down. Yeah. I always tell my wife, if you'll drive past Spencer, I'll drive all the way to Florida. There you go. In record time, too. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you got a ticket? Oh, it's been a few years ago. I learned my lesson. It's probably been four or five years ago. Really? Yeah. yeah. How fast were you going? Not fast. Just okay. 57 and a 45, something like that. Okay. That's not bad. That's how it happens in my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We do want to thank all of our Cookville police officers for keeping us safe and yes. and giving all that you do for and us. All the Police officers in Spencer for all the new uniforms we provide for them. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay, next question. What's on your playlist? So I'm a podcast guy, really. Excellent. Um, so you're listening to The Calling then. I'm listening to a lot of preaching on YouTube. I like to listen to, you know, I like to listen to the Gaithers. Yeah. Uh, good yeah. music. Uh, I like some classic rock. So yeah. went to a few concerts in my day. Probably really? too many. Really? Who'd you see? Everybody. So Metallica? No, 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 no. Yeah. I saw everybody from Gwen Stefani <gasps> to I don't know, Eric Clapton to nice. Jimmy Buffett to uh Weezer to just a lot of different musical influences. In fact, one time my mom decided she wanted to go with us, or at cool. least she said she did. My brother and I were going to go to Lollapalooza back okay. when that was a thing in Nashville. Sure. And she said, well, I want to go with you. And she thought she was calling our bluff because she wanted to see if we were really going for the music or if we were right. misbehaving. Right. We called her bluff and said, come on, Mama. And we took her with us to Lollapalooza, Starwood Amphitheater in oh Nashville. Oh, gosh. And we saw Lenny Kravitz and Blues <sighs> Traveler. It was a great, great night, and so we had a lot of fun. Okay, your mom gets the Cool Mom Award. Well, she made it through half the show, and then she said, it's so loud, I think I can hear it from the car. And then she went and sat in the car. Oh, man, that is awesome. You're a good son, taking yeah. your mama to Lollapalooza. There you go. Okay, buddy, if there were a gag reel of your life, what would be on it? A gag reel of my life. Mm -hmm. It would probably be when I say things that I shouldn't say. Like what do you say, Pastor Betty? Well, it's like when you <laughs> ask somebody when they're due with their baby and you find out they're not oh. really pregnant. You ever done that? You know, I, I have never done that, but someone has done, done that. Yes. <laughs> someone has done that to me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I just... Ate too many tacos. I'm I'm not pregnant, but well, thanks. my wife reminded me after that conversation to not ever do that again, and I followed her advice. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. You know, that's a brilliant woman you got there with you, buddy. <laughs> I was in the elevator once, and someone stepped on the elevator with me, and uh, it was a lady that I I knew, and and she looked at me and said, "You know, I don't think you should gain any more weight." Oh, thanks. 
Yeah. Thank no you filter. for that insight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I went home and ate another Snickers. There you go. So, <laughs> okay. Now, if you were a superhero, as we know your family would say you are, what would your superpower be? My superpower. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That would Super probably buddy. be. Uh, that would be cool to to be able to heal diseases. If I had a superpower, <sighs> if I could just lay hands on anybody who had a disease and heal them, boy, that would be my superpower. Wouldn't I'd that love be nice? That. Yeah, no more Ebola. All done. That's right. Yeah, no more AIDS, no more cancer. Wipe it out. No common cold. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, last question. And I'm sort of struggling with this question. I'm not sure which one I want to ask you. Let's see, buddy. If you had a billboard and you could put anything on it, what would you put on your billboard? Oh, that's an easy answer. I would put that Jesus saves. You know, I've seen that billboard. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> That's out there somewhere. You can't improve on it. Not quite sure it's in Cookville, but you know, it's it's really close somewhere. Okay, can I ask you a bonus question? Go for it. Okay. If you had one rule that everybody in the world had to obey, what would the one rule be? Be nice. Be nice. Be kind. Yeah. Just be nice. Life is so hard. It's too short to be mean. Yeah. And so if everybody would just be nice. Take a deep breath. We could all get along. The world would be a much better place. Yes, I'm with you. I'm Dana Hornby, and you have been listening to The Calling. Our guest this morning has been Betty Johnson, who is the minister at Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. Join us next week as we explore more folks who are following their call into ministry and their call to serve. Thank you, Betty, for being here today. We're so appreciative of you. Thank you for having me. And we look forward to seeing where your ministry takes you in Cookville with Jefferson Avenue Church of Christ. I'm Dana Hornby, and this has been The Calling.